0: Hi, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Open House, a fresh, fun, and real podcast where I, Louise Rumble, invite you inside the therapy room with me to learn from some of the very best psychologists, therapists, and sex and intimacy coaches that I have found. No topic is off the table, no question too juicy, and no experience too shameful. At Open House, everyone is welcome and we're on a mission to develop a new mental health experience for all because we believe that true happiness is coming home to yourself under the layers and layers of you that society has told you to be. As ever, please remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and you should always seek professional medical help when necessary. Now, let's get into it and I'll see you on the other side. Hi, friends, and I am so frigging excited for you to get into this episode. Nearly two years ago now, when I first posted our first ever anxious attachment podcast episode, which was episode 38 with Dr. Terry Mack, I had no idea what would happen next. How many people would listen to it, stream it, share, and message me, telling me that these episodes had changed their life. I've been told time and time again that this is because people feel less alone, less crazy, and they finally realised there isn't something wrong with them after all and that their attachment style was formed before they were even consciously aware. Ever since that moment, I have set out on a mission to not only heal my own attachment style, but to make sure I can help everyone else heal too. And the more research I did, the more I realized that the anxious attachment style, just like the avoidant, just like the disorganized, is actually a biological experience. That was when I realized you cannot outthink it. And that is why we don't heal. Because God knows we have all tried. Until we learn to work with our biology and to shift our nervous system to program these new beliefs and change our emotional responses and reactions, the anxious attachment style can only thrive and continue to be our identity and our personality because of the way that it shapes our nervous system, because of the way that our brain is shaped and our nervous system is shaped and our neurotransmitters are produced. The moment I realized this, I understood exactly why people were struggling to change. And that was the moment when my healing really began. Today, I'm in the happiest, calmest, easiest relationship I have ever been in. And I'm honestly certain that by calming down my nervous system and calming what felt like the crazy, that this was the key A huge part of this episode is focused around the revolutionary power of breathwork and using your breath, something that I was very hesitant to lean into for a long time, but when I did, the results were unbelievable. So I am so happy that this episode is being delivered to you today by Open. Open is one of the best apps I have ever used, delivering thousands of immersive, cinematic, on-demand and live classes, breathwork, meditation, movement and more. The app is the sexiest, sleekest thing I have ever seen. There is everything from emotional release exercises through to vagus nerve toning exercises and embodied fitness, Pilates, and more. As a paying customer for as literally long as I can remember, I've used it for five minutes a day, almost every day, and my only regret is not using it sooner. So when I got connected with them, it felt like a collab come true because to be able to bring this to so many people listening feels like a true gift. By listening to this episode, being on this journey with Open House, you get a 30-day totally free trial to Open, which you can redeem by heading to withopen.com forward slash open house or through the link in the show notes. Open's tagline is only three minutes a day for hours of peace. And I have to say, I don't think I would be as secure or as calm as I feel today without it. This is a feeling that I want everyone to experience because not only has it helped me, but it's also helped my relationships, my friendships, and even my family dynamic. So head over to the show notes now, redeem your free trial, and then get into this episode. Let's get you that secure attachment style that you have always dreamt of. I love you guys so much. Let's go. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Open House podcast. Today, I'm here with the incredible Sarah Murphy, integrative health practitioner and biology of trauma expert. I also like to call her the anxious attachment expert because the amount that I have learned about the anxious attachment since working and being friends with Sarah is literally crazy. And that's why we're here today. We are here for the people that are trying to heal their anxious attachment, and they can't. They just feel like they are stuck in the same place that they were last week, last month, last year, and even last decade. Today, we're going to be talking through five reasons you are not healing your anxious attachment style, but most importantly, how you can actually heal it and how using your breath and using an app like Open, which I might add is one of the sexiest apps I have ever seen in my whole entire life, can help you build a practice that can change your reality, change who you are, change how you show up in all moments of the day, but particularly in conflict, in stress, and in anxiety. So Sarah, welcome back. So happy to have you here on this very important episode. I think let's just start with why do you think or see that people are just
1: not healing their anxious attachment style? The big answer to your question there would be that people are trying to outthink it. They're trying to self-soothe. They think that self-soothing is enough. And they're actually fighting against their biology. And then they wonder why they can't self-soothe. So I really want people to understand that, you know, the state of our thoughts and the hormones that these thoughts produce, they're actually highly connected to the state of our nervous system. And this is the key here. So, you know, literally we think our thoughts are in our head, but they're actually embedded in our biology. So healing our anxious attachment has to do with healing the biology that's actually creating that attachment trauma. Our thoughts, our actions, and our anxiety, you know, these are all downstream effects of our biology. So if we're experiencing overreactive anxiety and overreactive thoughts and, you know, our anxious attachment, this is driven by our biological state. And so many people are unaware of this. And so you have to heal and work with your biology to heal the emotional state, to actually heal your anxious attachment for good. And this is what I'm so excited to teach people.
0: Yeah, that's what you've taught me is that you cannot think your way out of an anxious attachment. Yet we are all here trying to do so, but then we have a total meltdown and we just couldn't control it in the moment. So before we get into how we can actually heal the anxious attachment style with the breath, I wanna ask you, what about people who are just like always anxious, always on edge? Like, oh, it's just part of my DNA, I have generalized anxiety, I have social anxiety, it's just who I am, I've always been this way. But what are your thoughts on those? Like, oh, I'm just an anxious person.
1: Yeah, so I really want people to understand that this is a limiting belief and this actually isn't you. So your body is reacting to your environment and also your internal biology. So this is a response in your nervous system. And really what your nervous system is saying to you is, hi, I'm dysregulated, I'm running on stress hormones, and I've decided to take this on as my personality because I have lived this way my whole life. And so this creates a pattern where a person, you know, we've talked about it before, where they actually become addicted to their stress hormones because in turn, that anxiety and that stress is actually making them Feel good. It's actually what's familiar to their nervous system. And so we see a lot of people using this stress also as a coping mechanism, you know, where they experience stress and, you know, their body is excreting all of these hormones like dopamine and cortisol and adrenaline and keeping someone temporarily alert and keeping them temporarily regulated. And so you see these people who are looking for fights and, you know, looking for things to react and, These are the people that are actually addicted to their stress hormones because they feel good to them. These are the people that their biology is now defining their personality. And it's actually not set in stone. It's just the state of their nervous system. And that went way back to when they were children. This has been a long time coming. Oh, this is so interesting because people
0: always say, I just want to be in a healthy relationship, but healthy feels so boring and like, I can't handle this calm. And this is exactly what you are talking about is these stress hormones form your pattern. They form your personality. They form your behavioral traits, and then they lay the foundations for your attraction. You are attracted to the type of partner that keeps you stressed, even though that is the most counterintuitive thing any of us could say, because most of us who have lived it are like, what the fuck? This doesn't make any sense. Do you think that's fair?
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. So essentially, again, if we are so used to that high, and again, I want people to understand that stress doesn't feel bad. We are, again, I want to keep repeating this, that stress gives you energy, it gives you dopamine, it gives you endorphins. And so we become addicted to that hormonal state and we chase that for the rest of our lives. We want to feel good. Our body actually has this default mode where we're always trying to avoid pain. And if avoiding pain means reaching for stressful situations because our biology is bathed in that chemical cocktail, that's what we're going to reach for. I also wanted to make a note that our biology is reflecting the state of our nervous system. And so We always have to ask ourselves, what is keeping us dysregulated? Like, what are the things in our lives that are keeping us dysregulated? Do you have safe people around you? Who are you dating? Can you trust them with your emotions? Do you have safe community? Is your boss crazy? You know, is your intermediate fasting pushing your body over the edge and creating higher amounts of stress hormones? Are you nurturing your biology and giving yourself all the nutrients that you need to support your stress levels to support your nervous system state? You know, are we drinking coffee and soda and thinking that that's the regular and we're so addicted to being on edge? That feels normal, but it's actually what we're doing on the regular that's causing that dysregulation and causing us to feel anxious and label ourselves just as an anxious person. And then we have to point out the gut issues any inflammation in the gut, in the body, body body-wide inflammation, infections going on are going to keep us on a state of dysregulation. And so as working on the biology of trauma, my goal is to take away everything that's making your body feel unsafe. And so the things that I just mentioned there are very huge when it comes to healing the anxious attachment for good.
0: Yeah, this is so important. What you've taught me is you can't heal your anxious attachment style if your environment is toxic, because no matter how much regulation you do, there will be something that will constantly be dysregulating you. So that reviewing of the environment is so important and it's probably the first reason that people are not healing their anxious attachment style. And while breathwork can help you learn to become more resilient in those situations, because we understand you can't remove all toxicity from your life. There does need to be a dedication to removing the most toxic things from your life, the abusive relationship, the toxic relationship, the boss that is awful to you, where really you could go and find that money somewhere else. There has to be that review of your environment around you before you go on this journey. Now let's start to drill down into some of the specifics. And I am so excited to do this. There are five key reasons that people aren't healing the biology of their anxious attachment style and for the vast majority of these, it's something that breath work or a daily breath work practice or even just starting to tap into our breath can be a truly healing part of the journey. Let's start with the first one that's related to low neurotransmitters and what that does to your anxious attachment style.
1: Yes. So what people need to understand is that our neurotransmitters and our hormones, such as things like cortisol and oxytocin and serotonin and dopamine, These are all actually linked to our emotional regulation. And so these chemical messengers, you know, they influence our mood, our stress response, our social bonding. Someone who's anxiously attached will experience, you know, rapid and extreme shifts in their mood and things like intense anger and deep sadness and anxiety, you know, within a short period of time. They can't calm down. You know, they're agitated over the smallest things frequent outbursts of anger and, you know, chronic irritability. So you can see that like highs and lows of dysregulation when it comes to their emotions. It's the delicate balance of our neurotransmitters that actually play a direct role in shaping your attachment style and your emotional well-being because these neurotransmitters balance our nervous system and they help balance the emotional regulation contributing to our anxious attachment styles. uh, We can go back to our childhood roots of why we might have neurotransmitter imbalances. There are so many different root causes, but a lot of the times if you go through any adversity as a child, this can actually disrupt our brain systems and our stress systems and later contribute to our emotional dysregulation because of our neurotransmitter imbalances, which later on contributes to our attachment traumas. Okay, so just to wrap this section
0: up, before we get into how breathwork can play a helpful part in this, is what you're saying that if you have gone through childhood trauma and attachment trauma that's more likely to lead to an anxious attachment style, you are more likely as an adult to have specific neurotransmitter imbalances, and that means it's harder for us to cope with stress, and it's harder for us to emotionally regulate.
1: Yes. So it's actually Gabor Mate who did a lot of the studies with this. So if you guys want to take a deeper look into how our childhood adversities actually can change the structure of our brain, and lead to lower neurotransmitters when we're older and mental health issues. You should really research his stuff because both me and Louise are such fans of his. Let's talk about how things like breathwork can actually really play a part in balancing our neurotransmitters. Breathwork can play a significant role in influencing our neurotransmitter imbalance by affecting our autonomic nervous system and putting us in a relaxed state. So what this means is breathwork actually doesn't directly alter neurotransmitter levels, but it can create the physiological environment that encourages the production and release of neurotransmitters associated with relaxation, well-being, and, you know, our mood stability. You know, if we do things like deep diaphragmatic breathing and breathwork techniques This activates our parasympathetic nervous system, which counteracts our stress response. And so this can actually help reduce our cortisol levels and, again, balance our nervous system. And they help balance the emotional regulation contributing to our anxious attachment styles. I really want people to understand that when our cortisol rises, our neurotransmitters, especially serotonin, falls. And when we do the right types of breathing, breathwork also involves deep breathing patterns, which can help improve oxygen delivery to our cells and our tissues. And it's so important to understand that adequate oxygen supplies support neurotransmitter synthesis, and function.
0: That is super interesting. And something else that you've also taught me is that it can release endorphins, which can just make you feel good and less stressed and less focused on why aren't they texting me back? Do they hate me? Because you intrinsically feel good inside your body. Can you tell me a bit more about how breath work can lead to this endorphin release as well?
1: Yes, you're exactly right, Louise. So using certain types of breath work techniques can actually trigger the release of these endorphins, which our neurotransmitters associate with pain and our sense of well-being. And improving our moods and our emotional imbalances. And we can also see that Brett's work helps to boost GABA. And I love to talk about GABA with my clients all the time because GABA is actually what puts the brakes on our anxiety. GABA makes us feel very calm and cool and relaxed and chilled out. And so promoting the release of GABA will really help us be less anxious and less stressed.
0: Yes, I know you and I have written an article before on GABA and sleep and how it is just such a calming neurotransmitter that the anxiously attached definitely need more of. So I think what I've learned from you here is that breathwork can just be so helpful to provide an environment that leads to more balanced neurotransmitters because the anxious attachment is directly associated with the low serotonin, the low dopamine, the low GABA, the high glutamate and the high adrenaline. And a securely attached person will have more of a balanced level across those. And that daily breath work piece can be so helpful for balancing them. So that's kind of like the day-to-day thing you can do to start to balance them Let's talk about what happens in the moment, that moment when everything feels like it's too much. You're like, oh my God, they didn't text me back, but they're online. They're texting another guy. They're texting another girl. How could they do this to me? Oh my God, it's because I flirted too hard with them. It's because I did this or I posted that caption that was cringe. You have taught me that some people cannot heal their anxious attachment style because they are not familiar with this term called amygdala hijack.
1: Yes. So the famous amygdala hijack. So, in an anxious attachment cycle, we have this overactivity in our amygdala. And this is part of our brain that's linked to fear and threat detection and our emotions. And so, having An overactive amygdala will lead to a generation of anxious thoughts and things like emotional instability and a lot of issues in our relationships. So it's so important to understand that the amygdala is what triggers our fight or flight response in situations of danger and fear. It's responsible for the physical effects, the unwanted symptoms, the over-experience of stress and anxiety and trauma and fear. That's your emotional part of the brain creating all of those responses. You know, we might experience sweaty palms, the hot flashes, the short breaths, and that's because that area of the brain is overreactive. And so those with anxious attachment style... This can be rooted in, again, we always talk about the early life experiences that trigger stress responses. And in the studies, it shows those who go through adverse experiences as a child may have a sensitive and actually a bigger area of the amygdala in their brain. And so again, we see that with the heightened activity of the amygdala, those with the anxious attachment styles are always scanning their environment for signs of rejection and abandonment and you know, emotional distance. And this hypervigilance actually keeps them in a state of emotional threats. And so as an adult, healing this anxious attachment style really has to do with being able to manage this emotional center of our brain and not having that hijacked. Yeah,
0: and this is where you've taught me about making friends with our brain because we've all been there. We felt that tiny shift in energy. That is that bigger amygdala I actually say the word wrong, I say amygdala, you say amygdala, you are the expert, so we'll go with the amygdala. The anxiously attached, when I learned that they have a bigger part of their brain that is more sensitive to threat, I was like, that makes so much sense. And before we get into how breath work can help you make friends with that part of the brain, I've also learned about the prefrontal cortex. You've told me that that is often different again in the brain of someone who is anxiously attached. Can you just give me an overview on how that can also lead to an anxious attachment style?
1: Yes. So our prefrontal cortex is the front part of our brain. And this part of our brain is responsible for decision-making, emotional regulation. And so the reason for this is because when we are bathed in stress hormones, our prefrontal cortex actually goes offline And so that area of the brain stopped working. That area of the brain becomes completely impaired. And so our ability to rationalize and assess situations and regulate our emotional responses goes completely offline. And that's really something that we're seeing in those with anxious attachment that they can't rationalize and their thinking brain is not working. Yeah, and
0: understanding these biological structures in the brain and the body, like hopefully people are understanding why you cannot outthink your biology and why you have to work with your biology with things like breathwork to rewire, to re-foundation the way that you respond to things and how you perceive stimuli around you so you can tell your body this isn't a threat. I'm okay. I'm safe. So I guess my question here is, let's talk about how an app like Open or how Breathwork can actually help you make friends with your amygdala, make friends with your prefrontal cortex.
1: Yeah. So again, we were talking about Breathwork and how it activates our parasympathetic nervous system. And so again, the nervous system portion that reduces our cortisol. And like I said, cortisol is actually what puts our prefrontal cortex offline. So essentially... When it's high, we don't have that area of the brain working. And so being able to put ourselves in our parasympathetic mode through things like breath work really, really supports that area of the brain to come back online. Mm -hmm. Another thing to note is that breath work actually helps increase the oxygen supply to the brain. And so this actually can oxygenate our prefrontal cortex and improve the cognitive flexibility and our emotional regulation and you know help us. Be less impulsive and less reactive in our anxious attachment styles. I think
0: what I'm learning from you is we just need to be building this lower cortisol life and lifestyle where we're not bathed in stress constantly. And I think some people think of breath work and they think of like going to a room with a hundred people lying on the ground and you do breath work for two hours and everyone's like crying and releasing. And that's super overwhelming for some people. Like I know that I've done that before and it was an amazing experience, but I haven't done it for two years. And I think that that says it all. So if we are trying to make friends with our amygdala, if we are trying to calm our stress response, if we are trying to build a low cortisol life, is this breathwork something that you should be doing every day? Can you be doing it for five minutes a day? Like, is that enough? Because we are time-poor people out here.
1: You know what? Honestly, I was someone who didn't really want to get into breathwork myself. And after learning about all the advantages, I just forced myself into it. But people need to realize that Something as small as downloading a breathwork app and starting slow and small and just doing something like five minutes of breathwork every single day can actually have profound effects on your nervous system. We don't have to go and spend the money going to these breathwork sessions. We can actually download the open app and be doing these on our own and not even be committing a lot of time to this. I started with five minutes a day. I've worked myself up. I do about 10 minutes. That's all I do in my morning routine, but it has had a profound effect on my nervous system and my ability to cope with stress in my life.
0: I also think that one of the things I love about Open, so I've used Open for years before we decided to do a partnership with them. And actually when I told them that, they were like, yes, we only want to work with people that have actually been paying for the app, before they started a partnership. So I think it's just really good to understand that this doesn't have to be half an hour every day. Like yes, in an ideal world it would be, but you can literally start with, you know, they have five minute, four minute, three minute excerpts, and they're all set to this like epic music. They are just so well produced. It's like a very, very cool experience. Cause I can't do breathwork without music. Like the music for me is what takes me into the trance. Do you find that at all? Like the music connection?
1: Oh, the music for me is number one. I can't do it when it's solo. The music actually helps me, like it helps with the rhythm of my breath. And so I completely agree with you on that. I am obsessed with the open app. It's amazing.
0: I agree. (laughs) We both stan it so much. Now let's get into the third reason that people are not healing their anxious attachment style. This one I am fascinated about. This is low vagal tone. So let's talk about what that means. And I guess also what the vagus nerve is for some people that are not familiar just yet.
1: Yes. So the vagus nerve is actually our 10th cranial nerve and the longest nerve in our body. It plays a critical role in regulating our physiological responses to stress and facilitating our social engagement the vagus nerve is actually what helps us regulate our emotional responses by influencing our parasympathetic nervous system activity. So those with low vagal tone will have a very hard time down-regulating their stress response. And so this, again, will lead to something like heightened emotional reactivity and, you know, very hard time regulating our emotions. Can I just jump in there quickly and ask you, what do you mean by low vagal
0: tone? What does that mean?
1: Yeah. So what low vagal tone means is the strength of the nerve. So this is a nerve that actually goes throughout our entire body. This is the nerve that connects our brain to our gut. That's our gut-brain connection. And so when the Nerve is not strong. When the tone of the nerve, the strength of the nerve, the activity of the nerve, how well that nerve is working, that has to do with bagel tone. We want a strong connection. We want a strong tone of the nerve. We want the nerve to be strong. And I mean, they call it toned. When the electricity throughout the nerve is communicating the way it should. And so the nerve tone is actually causing the hypervigilance and causing all these potential threats in our relationship. And so it's very important to make sure that we have a strong, vagal tone to be able to actually have reassurance and to be able to have this emotional regulation with our partner. We want to make sure that the tone is strong and we want to make sure that we are able to regulate.
0: So just to clarify, because I'm learning here as well, If you have a low vagal tone, and that means a weak vagus nerve that's maybe not functioning as it could, that means you are more likely to have poor emotional regulation, you're more sensitive to jumping into that fight or flight, and ultimately you are more likely to be sensitive to stress and more likely to be stressed. So that's why if you have a low vagal tone, it's more likely to be connected to the anxious attachment. Did that start in childhood or is that something that you have in adulthood?
1: Yes. So it can start at different times in your life. A lot of them are rooted in childhood and rooted in our adverse childhood experiences. Those are things like neglect or inconsistent caregiving. These things can impact our autonomic nervous system, including the vagus nerve. And so we take this dysregulated vagal tone into our adulthood and our resiliency to stress is just not there. Chronic stress in any time of your life will start to dysregulate the autonomic nervous system and decrease our vagal tone. So, any type of chronic stress that you go through in your life can result in low vagal tone. Then, we can look at things like physical activity. If you have a lifestyle either over exercising or under exercising, these both things can lead to reduced vagal tone. And so, exercise and body movement is really important for this nerve. I also want people to look at things like poor diet. Our diet really has a huge role in the tone of our vagus nerve and it can contribute to things like inflammation and nervous system dysregulations. We want to make sure that we are void of things like processed food and processed sugars and anything that can create inflammation in our body is really bad for the tone of our vagus nerve. So you can understand how dysregulation in the nervous system is highly connected to low vagal tone and how this can really lead to issues with the anxious attachment style and the emotional dysregulation and the inability to, you know, cater to our stress and deal with our stressors. You know, we have to make sure that we have strong vagal tone to be able to have emotional regulation and to tend to our anxious attachment styles.
0: And I just want to flag that they actually have vocal toning exercises in the app. So in their release section, they have vocal toning, scream out frustration, vocal toning to calm, grounded vocal toning, screaming to clear out. And they literally say practices that invite you to scream, hum, and audibly sigh to support your nervous system and release stress. So I wanted to just share that because on the vagal tone point, that is so important. And I think that's one of my favorite things about this app is it's not just like basic breath work. It's like there is something for all of your pain points. And something else that I've learned from you is how so many people who think they have IBS actually have low vagal tone or their vagus nerve is not functioning properly because it goes from your head to your gut. And so I think that what I have seen is that since I've been doing breath work, I have so many less stomach issues than I used to have. Like I used to have this weird colic thing where like twice a year I would be on the bathroom floor in the middle of the night or like on an airplane and I would be drenched in sweat and no doctors could tell me what was the problem. And it was the worst pain I've ever experienced And then since working with you, you've helped me understand the connection to my vagus nerve. That was my vagus nerve spazzing out, literally spazzing the fuck out. My whole stomach then became inflamed and was like in cramp mode. And I just do not have that anymore. It was just so amazing. And I guess my question for you here is how can breath work tie into increasing that vagal tone and actually decreasing your anxious attachment style? Because feels like kind of an abstract connection, which I'd love if you could run us through.
1: Yes. So again, when we talk about vagal tone, it's the high stress that actually ruins the tone of our vagus nerve. And so with breath work, doing slow, deep, rhythmic breathing, you know, this activates the vagus nerve and stimulates our rest and digest. And this sends signals, you know, it will slow down our heart rate and reduce our blood pressure. And, you know, it'll start to promote overall relaxation. And again, that's putting us in our rest and digest. And that's actually toning the vagal nerve. I also want to make note that a lot of us are wearing aura rings. We're trying to track our HRV and our HRV is our heart rate variability. And so, when we do things like breath work, breath work actually helps to improve the vagal tone by actually increasing our heart rate variability. And so that's a huge thing right there. If people start wearing these rings and see that the heart rate variability starts to increase, we will notice that it's also increasing our vagal tone at the same time. Breath work can actually reduce inflammation. And Chronic inflammation highly impacts the vagal tone. And obviously, your story highlighted that right there. And seeing that, you know, you were dealing with a lot of inflammation in the body and the vagal tone was being affected there. And so, breath work actually helps us release a lot of pro inflammatory substances. And that is critical for the health of our vagus nerve.
0: Yeah. And I think it's so interesting as well how I would have those horrendous issues always after flying. And I would always tell you, and you'd be like, yes, because that is such a stressful thing for the body, very highly inflammatory. It all makes sense. Okay, now let's briefly go over the fourth reason that people aren't healing their anxious attachment style, and that's basically hormone imbalances and HPA axis dysregulation.
1: There's a huge connection between our anxious attachment and low levels of oxytocin. And so that is our love bonding hormone. You know, it's critical for things like emotional regulation and attachment. And, you know, if we experience any type of neglect during childhood, we could actually disrupt the normal development and function of our oxytocin system. And this will lead to various changes later in life in our anxious attachment styles. Also, in terms of hormones, we spoke upon the cortisol. And when we speak upon cortisol and high amounts of cortisol, that actually has to do with HPA excess dysregulation. We mentioned this earlier in the podcast. You know, our HPA excess is a crucial part of our body's stress system. It involves our hypothalamus, our pituitary gland, and our adrenal glands. And all of these things work together to produce cortisol. And so we have this overactive HPA access where we're producing too many stress hormones at the same time. And so any type of excess of worrying, constant seeking, reassurance, emotional reactivity, you can contribute that to your high amounts of stress hormones circulating in your body. And so what's essential to grasp here is that internal physical imbalances is synonymous with emotional imbalances. And so consistently high cortisol and things like low levels of oxytocin will impede your efforts greatly on healing your anxious attachment styles. We have to understand the body on a biological level.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I also think that on this point around the HPA axis dysregulation and just the hormonal imbalances and the stress, they have so many things like specifically for anxiety support even making better decisions like we talk all the time like if you have this hpa axis dysregulation if you have the amygdala hijack you make bad decisions and i think that's one of my favorite things about this app is it's not just like basic breath work it's like there is something for all of your pain points
1: Yes, you're absolutely right, Louise. Like the open app is so amazing for everyone because it targets every single area that we've talked about today. Chronic levels of stress and elevated cortisol levels is what disrupts our HPA access. And using breath work, it will lower our cortisol levels and help normalize our HPA access activity and help normalize our nervous system. We're never gonna heal our anxious attachment until we're able to do these things.
0: Yes. And I really hope that people listening today are having that aha moment, like the moment when they realize, Oh my goodness. I have been trying to outthink my way out of this attachment style. No wonder it hasn't been working. And where I want to wrap up today is we all know that 95% of our day to day life and decision making comes from our subconscious mind. What I think is so powerful about breath work is you can start to take your body out of fight or flight, into calm, which is where you can then start to release and reprogram the beliefs. Me and my boyfriend joke all the time that everyone in Tulum has brainwashed themselves. And they have. And in a way, it's kind of amazing because everyone here is doing Joe Dispenza. But you can't do that when you are in a state of constant fight or flight. You can't release the old beliefs and start to align new beliefs What is a new belief? It's a new neural pathway. You can't build new neural pathways if you are in fight or flight. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So it's our hippocampus that's responsible for memory formation and retrieval. And it plays a huge role in recalling attachment-related memories. So For individuals with anxious attachment, the hippocampus may repeatedly retrieve memories of past relational distress, which can actually contribute to, you know, our ongoing emotional distress and anxiety. So we can see here how traumatic attachment experiences may lead to formation of negative and fearful associations with relationships, making it challenging to trust and feel secure in future relationships. And what we need to do is start to build new beliefs.
0: Yes, and you have taught me that you can build new beliefs, but everyone out there seems to be thinking that you do it with your mind. You do it with your affirmations, which, okay, neuroscience shows there are value in those, but we all know that it is at the biology that you really make a change. So for anyone listening who's like, that's abstract AF, as an expert, how do you think we start to build
1: new beliefs? Okay, so what we call building new beliefs is actually called neuroplasticity. This is actually making new neural pathways and creating new beliefs in your brain. And so the way I work with my clients, I have to make a critical point here is that if you don't have your biology on your side, so what this means is, you know, if your cells are in danger, if you're dealing with something called mitochondrial dysfunction, if you are nutrient depleted, if you are mineral depleted, if you're dealing with any underlying infections or toxicity and inflammation in the body, then your body will actually not be able to rewire and make new beliefs. There's also something called BDNF, which is brain derived nootrophic factor. And this allows us to actually create new brain cells and form new neural connections. And so if our biology is not on our side, if we're not able to have enough BDNF to actually create these new neural connections, it's not going to happen. Then there's another thing that we have to work on from there is the state of our nervous system. And just like you said, Louise, we need to be able to feel safe in our body. We need to be able to create a state of calm. Having positive attitude and a belief in our ability to learn and adapt are important for neuroplasticity and so important for changing our brain. To have a growth mindset, which is the belief that intelligence and abilities can be developed, can encourage the brain to be more receptive and to change. But we can't have positive beliefs and positive attitudes when we're living in a state of fear. When we are bathed in these stress hormones, this is so huge for people to grasp because regulating the nervous system can influence and actually change our brain chemistry to be able to rewire and form new thought patterns. And all these new discoveries are so exciting because it's so exciting to know that our brain can change and we aren't who we thought we were. We can change and create new thoughts.
0: I think what's so helpful is understanding how these things work can really help you understand why you need to get your body into rest and digest, why you need to be doing breath work, even if it's five minutes a day. Even things like BDNF that you've taught me about, exercise, high-intensity exercise is correlated with more BDNF. So you can build new neural pathways. So is breathwork. It's much easier to lie on the sofa, eat pizza, be sedentary, watch Netflix. I've been there. I love doing those things as well. But when you understand the things that we're talking about today, it helps you get up in the morning and do that five minutes of breathwork. It helps you go on that hot girl walk and listen to the Open House podcast. It helps you go to the gym. And we're not talking seven days a week. It's just these little decisions that you can make every single day that can contribute not only to your health and your happiness and your well-being, but to actually healing your anxious attachment style. And genuinely, I have moments where I'm like, I can't even remember what it feels like to be anxiously attached. And skeptics will say, oh, that's because you're in a relationship. It is actually nothing to do with the fact that I am in a relationship. It is to do with the fact that I have done so much work that my brain and my body do not function in the way they used to. And we had a family discussion when I was in Greece earlier this summer. And my brother's wife came to me afterwards and she was like, it is crazy to see how much you have changed. Because the old me, the second my brother had triggered me, I would be there. Bam, bam, bam. You don't understand. Hot, fiery. I was able to sit there in the trigger. I was triggered, but I was able to sit with it in my body, not react to it, not respond to it, and then calmly say, I actually don't agree with you.
1: Yes, Louise, I've known you for years and I can honestly say that you are a different person and everything that you've been doing, the breath work, the relaxation techniques, you know, the mindfulness meditation that you've been trying to get into. I know you've been trying to get into that. You know, all of these things that are active in your parasympathetic nervous system and building the resiliency in your nervous system are actually showing up. And I've seen that with my own eyes, definitely. But again, I just want to promote the fact that there are so many things that involve nervous system regulation, but all of these easy hacks of just using our breath, that is such an easy hack that we can do anytime, place when we are in that hyperreactive state. I want people to realize how easy it is to change. With constant practice, we can all change and we can all heal our anxious attachment styles. If we understand at at the root, it's just dysregulation. It's high stress hormones. Our body can come back to homeostasis if we have the
0: right tools. That's so powerful. And I think it's the perfect place to end. I know that so many of us have felt like this is never going to change. I'm going to be like this my whole life. And just to hear from an expert that it is possible to change and that you've talked us through so many of the reasons why maybe some of us haven't experienced that change yet. So come and join us. You get a 30-day free trial through Open House, through Sarah and I. We'll put those codes on our social media. Download it. Give it a go. I guarantee you it is by far the sexiest, sleekest, most amazing app that I have ever used. We'd love to hear how you get on. You know, if you're in the house, message us. If you're not in the house, you can DM us. We would love to hear how you get on with that and how it is playing a part in your journey. And maybe one day soon, we will be doing private breathwork sessions for the open house community. I know that that's something we would both love to do. So Sarah, thank you so much. You are a wealth of knowledge. You bring information to this podcast that I have not heard on the hours and hours of podcasts that I've been listening to elsewhere. Thank you for all you give to the world. Thank you for what you are doing for the space of collective healing. And most of all,
1: I love you. Thanks so much for having me on Louise. I'm hoping as we go on, as we start to educate more on where these traumas are stored and how we can actually release these traumas, we start putting that education out. People can start to heal for good because healing is on the other side. We just have to get to the root of where it's rooted. So thanks so much for
0: having me. My pleasure. And you're right. Thank you so much.